Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. The two behind the back passes to Nance. Uh, take us through the second one, though. At what, when, at what point did you see him and decide you were going to lay it off to him? Uh, just right when I got in the paint. Um, I got in the paint, bumped him off a little bit, and then I saw you know Larry's guy you know come over and try to block, and you know the ball was already low, so um, it was just right past mate. What do you have to say about this? everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where the Lakers freaking beat the Celtics. I mean, that's all there is to say. Buck Faustin. Alan, what do you have to say to that? Um, Buck Faustin, indeed. And uh, I'm still lit after that, for sure. It's lit! It's lit, baby! That's the first lit of 2018. First time we've said it. The fans have come to expect us to say it, and... We've said it at the most appropriate time possible. The Lakers winning against the Boston Celtics last night, 108 to 107. I had the privilege of being at the game. And man, what a game it was. Um, Quick disclaimer to everybody. This is not going to be a normal Lakers Legacy podcast episode. Um, If anybody's been listening to us the last year or two years, you know that we have these raw, unplugged, instant reaction episodes where there's no structure to it whatsoever. We don't really have anything planned out, and we just, you know, we go from the heart and uh, spew it forth to you. And yeah, that's that's one of these episodes. It's going to be raw, 
unplugged. We're not going to be talking about any trade deadline stuff or make any conjectures, even though I know there's some news that's come out that the Lakers have talked to the Cavs and whatnot. Uh, tonight, we're just going to focus on the freaking Boston Celtics because they freaking suck. Boston sucks. Lakers beat them. Kuzma's better than Tatum, and we're just going to be spewing that kind of rhetoric all night. So uh, this is this is more for the people that uh, you know have come to follow us and listen to our shows more consistently and have come to like us as personalities. This is less for the people who are like, these guys are freaking corny. They're not funny at all. I don't like it when they just talk about random crap and don't have a guest on. If you're one of those people, turn us off. And go do whatever the hell you were planning to do tonight or today. You guys this suck. Will Lakers not be legacy for you. sucks. <laughs> you guys are so corny. It's so corny AF. Yeah. Your impressions are lame. I hate your impressions. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's our disclaimer for the night. We are just going to be talking about the Lakers beating the Boston Celtics, uh, focusing in on that game, being lit. We're going to be jumping around everywhere, no structure. But I would like to say, if you want some of that structure, you want the good guests, et cetera, et cetera, I think our last three episodes in the new year have been exactly that. So if you want more structure, you want more analysis, check out our last episode, which we released on Monday, episode 170, uh, zero Clark 30. We talk about all that trade deadline stuff, talk about some potential trades, talk about the risks of weighing Julius, keeping Julius Randle through the deadline and not. And then the episode prior to that, we had Eric Pincus on for another trade deadline primer. And then the episode before that, we had Junius Smith, formerly of the Kinston Free Press, to talk about Brandon Ingram. So if you want more structure, you want more analysis, you want some guests, check out our last three episodes. Now, if you want to get lit, here we are, Alan. It's lit. It's lit. All right. So like I said, I was at the game last night, man, in person. What an experience. Probably the best in-person game I've been to in the last four years, mainly because it was against the Celtics. Obviously, we would have loved to have Lonzo Ball there, but I think just the way the game went. Yeah, so I'm, let, let's start with how let, let's let's start with the end and go backwards. Um, what were you feeling when KCP went to the line, Allen, being cold off the bench? He hadn't played like the entire fourth quarter. Nobody was hitting free throws, and Luke put him in, in at the last second there. Um, he is our best free throw shooter at around 75%, 76%. But how iffy were you feeling seeing him step up uh, to the line for those two free throws? And I just want to say before that happened, uh, my friend Andy, shout out to Andy, my best friend, who um, allowed me to go to the game last night. We were at level 100 or so, so we were pretty close. And um Nice. If you want to see some of the lit videos that I took, including the Kyle Kuzma behind the back pass of Utopia. Dude, everything was happening at your end of the court, too. Seriously. So please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod because I got all those lit videos up and everything like that. Um, but yeah, shout out to Andy for getting me the tickets and allowing me to sit so close to the action. But he was joking. Why isn't KCP in? And I was like, what are you talking about, dude? And Andy said, now KCP is our best free throw shooter and nobody can shoot a free throw. If if we if Luke puts him in, he'll, he'll drain two free throws. And the whole night I was just bagging on KCP, and I was like, nah, dude, do not, we do not want this guy coming in at this moment. And Andy just kept saying, I, I think Luke should put him in. Nobody can hit a free throw. So and so Andy has a telepathic connection to Luke, apparently. He does, and when, when Luke put KCP in, he's like, oh, look, Luke, listen to me. And I was like, dude, this is not going to go how you want it to go. And so, or maybe it was your negative pessimistic energy that made KCP miss. Maybe. Okay. So throwing it to you, how are you feeling 
with KCP coming up to the line, and then how were you feeling after the the events that transpired immediately after that? I was feeling just as negative as you probably were, to be completely <laughs> honest. Um, yeah, I was very angsty in that moment, just because, you know, we shot 7 for 17, so at that point we were 7 for 15. Uh, the only guy who could make a friggin' shot was Jordan Clarkson, yep. um, but clearly we were having issues inbounding the ball just all together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if Clarkson doesn't get it, then who else do you want shooting it? I Yeah, I mean, I guess you'd go KCP, but like you said, he was cold, you know. Um, yeah, man, I was friggin' nervous as hell, and I was assuming we were going to lose the damn game, and it was going to be the complete opposite of litness and just freaking being pissed off you know um so yeah dude i i thought it was over i convinced myself that uh, boston was gonna win the game at the buzzer and it was just gonna suck so maybe it was my negative energy i I shouldn't go around accusing you of being negative because i was already like fast forwarding 10 minutes ahead of time and uh getting all angry well kcp did step up to the line and his free throw attempts were not close they were hard and no, long, and I was like, no. oh, my God. And I turned to Andy. I was like, dude, I told you. After the first miss, I was like, dude, dude, I was giving Andy so much crap. And then he missed the second. <laughs> After he missed the second, there was no time to really think, right? Boston got the rebound, and we're like, oh, shit, yeah. oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> Excuse my language. <laughs> but Marcus Smat. <laughs> Marcus Wicked Smat. Shoot the three, Marcus Smat. And all the Boston fans after, ah, that was garbage. Absolute garbage. Ah, hot. Had garbage. Give me some yeah, chatter. Some trash. Um, so yeah, Marcus Smart gets back the car and have it. Marcus yad. Smart gets the rebound, races it down court, <laughs> and takes the shot. And actually, it was closer than I thought it was. When he released it, I was like, "Oh, that's to the left." And then he like almost hit. It was like a little bit short. So I was actually pretty scared. But hey, it was Marcus Smart take shot much better than Kyrie Irving. And Andy after that was like, dude, KCP knew what he was doing the entire time. He knew Boston, oh my God. <laughs> he knew Boston had no timeouts. <laughs> and he knew that if he had made that second free throw, they would have been able to inbound the ball and actually find Kyrie Irving, maybe even set something up, even though it was from full court, instead of this scramble mode where the first person who gets the rebound, Marcus Smart, is probably just going to take it, right? And I was like, and he missed the first free throw so he could practice missing, right? <laughs> He's like, I, I know I have to miss the second one, so I'm just going to miss the first one, too, to make sure I can do this as perfectly incorrectly as possible. Exactly. So, I mean, I, it didn't matter at that. At, I like it. I like that. It didn't matter. We won. We were so happy. We saw the sad Boston Celtics fans who were around us. And, man, let me tell you, there were Dude, so many Boston fans. Dude, were there a lot of Celtics fans there or what? Fans. What so the hell? Many. They were I loud, saw right? so much green on TV, man. I was like... I feel like when we are in Boston, there's like a pretty good number of Laker fans, and then it's the opposite in LA. But this time, it, it was uh, way more than I've I feel like I've ever seen. There were a ton, and if you couldn't see it, you could definitely hear it because they were loud, especially like the first three quarters. And there are a ton of Boston transplants in LA, and and they For they sure. came out in full force uh, last night. But anyways, you know when Marcus Smart missed that shot. Uh, the streamers came falling down, the purple and gold streamers. That that was all that mattered at that point. And it was such a struggle to get there with the missed free throws. I think we missed like 10 free throws or something in the fourth quarter. Something ridiculous like that. We really tried to give it away. Um, but at the end of the day... Yeah, seven for 17 in the fourth. Yeah, that was, that was ridiculous. But at the end of the day, we pulled it out without Lonzo Ball. 
all while starting Tyler Ennis, all while Tyler Ennis played like eight minutes, the first eight minutes of the third quarter. The Lakers pulled it off, and what an amazing game. What an amazing end. Um, yeah, I... I See, I don't even know where to start because there's so much. There's so much to talk about. How how did you feel with having like that many Boston fans there? Like, obviously, we would prefer it to be ninety nine percent purple and gold. But was there a part of you that I don't know? It like made it feel a little bit more fun just to have someone like the other team's fans there in a, a decent amount. Oh, 100% actually. I was like, this is a lot yeah. of fun. There's so much trash cool, talking right? going on. Um, we become louder as a result of it when anything good happens for the Lakers. And right. when Kyle Kuzma was going on yeah, his... Yeah, it fires you up even more. Yeah, when Kyle Kuzma was going on his meteoric run in the fourth quarter, man, were we... I've never been so loud at a Laker game, dude. And it may, mainly because the Boston Celtics fans were so loud and they were complaining after every call. All I heard was, yeah, that was a travel. That was a travel. A travel. <laughs> and so the whole night, we just kept mocking them going, that was a travel. <laughs> oh man but it was so much fun seeing Kyle Kuzma shove it back in their faces dude and he would hit them left and right so quickly they didn't know what hit him like Kyrie Irving would do something amazing and and we'd kind of just shake our heads and say hey that's Kyrie Irving but then Kyle Kuzma would come right back drain a three do a ridiculous spin move into a banker and then the Celtics fans are just like who is this guy what's going on he's amazing (laughs) he's better than Jason Tatum our own rookie who struggled the whole night but still played 30 minutes, you know? So, I mean, just even having that dynamic going on with our one of our rookies who we drafted at number 27 absolutely taking it to the Celtics lottery picks and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I mean, that was so satisfying, you know, to see. And the fact that they were much-needed yeah. points, you know? We would not have won that game without Kyle Kuzma's Hell no. outburst when he pretty much went Kuzmamba on us in the fourth quarter. He was unconscious. Oh, I like that. I like that. Because everyone's saying Kuzmania right now. Kuzmamba, I like Kuzmamba. Baby. He, he got go. that blackout that Mamba trending. mentality out there in the fourth quarter. Where totally. he could not you be You can see stopped. it in his face, too. Like, he played with so much swag yesterday. He always does. But, man, he was feeling it. Just after, like, that first uh, spin move bang shot that he had in the first half, you could tell, like, you know, he was going to go off. Yeah, and he was... You could tell he was feeling it because some of the shots he was slinging up there, I mean, it was like a slingshot. He barely gathered himself and barely touched it, but it was so pure. He was so confident. I, I think I'm, I'm always so impressed with uh, Kyle Kuzma's, I guess, Mamba mentality because he has, he's just so confident in himself and he's willing to take what comes with that, whether he misses the shot or, or everything like that, you know, and he's been struggling the last few games and last few weeks. So to have this outburst again on national TV against the Boston Celtics, I will probably do wonders for his confidence, probably bring him right back up to where he was before he hit this mini slump, the first slump of, you know, what was, what's been four months of amazing basketball, revelatory basketball from Kyle Kuzma. So, let let's talk about his behind the back passes. So, oh my god! <laughs> so there was one in the first half. First of all, um, I think he was at the top of the key. Caruso bounced past it to him, and he went into the lane, and then he found Larry Nance. <laughs> almost the exact same play, um, and Larry Nance banked it in, and um, 
that was that was already such an exciting dynamic play, a no look behind the back pass, and we were like, oh my god, Kyle Kuzma vision right there. What did you think about that first behind the back pass? I thought it was sick. I mean, he's doing a much much better job of distributing and getting others involved, and you know that's something that we talked about towards the beginning of the season. Was okay, you know, he's a great scorer, but what else is he really doing out there? And uh, recently, he's really been turning that up. And to see him get somebody else involved that early in the game and just, like, suck in the defense and have the recognition that, um, you know, he's got a guy rolling to the basket. And then to do it with the swag and the flair and all that stuff on top of it uh, definitely definitely had me out of my seat. And, I mean, I feel like a lot of people are going to forget about that one just because Nance didn't dunk it. You know what I mean? But it was essentially the same thing as the one that happened in the second half. Um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely lit at that point. So the second behind the back pass. Now what makes this one the most impressive, it was during the fourth quarter. It was a clutch yep. moment. The Lakers were down by one or two at that point. And the moves that he made prior to that behind the back pass were already impressive, <laughs> right? Where he was at the Picture three point perfect line. textbook spin move. Yeah. Dude. Three point line, sp- reverse spin move, pivot into the lane. And then he just, you know, he takes in Aaron Baines, tried to get the charge on him. He took in Marcus Smart with him, I believe. And then he did that behind the back, no-look whip past Larry Nance for the dunk. And I was so happy that for some reason I was filming at that point. It's not like I was recording the whole game. I yeah, just dude. randomly decided to do it at that point. There you go. And if please watch it on our Twitter feed, at Lakers Legacy Pod, because the moment he makes that behind he whips that behind the back pass and Larry Nance dunks it you can just feel the shake and the what's it called the explosion that happened at Staples Center from my video alone I think that's something you don't get if you're just watching you know the TNT broadcast or whatever (laughs) yeah what did you feel seeing my actual live tape taping of that dude I was freaking hyped for you (laughs) I was so damn happy um, not to like go off on too much of a tangent, but I was at that Laker game against the Thunder that went into double overtime mm. back in 20, God, what the hell year was that? Like 2013 or 2012 or something. The one where Meta World Peace elbowed James Harden mm. in the back of the head. So that game was freaking insane. Like everyone was standing for both overtime periods and the end of the fourth. Um, I'd imagine the environment in there last night was honestly exactly the same, even though that team was like, you know, gunning for the playoffs. It was in April, all that kind of stuff. But when, when things are like lit and exciting and just hyped up, it's going to be like the same level of intensity and uh, anxiety and all that stuff. So yeah, dude, I, I was super stoked that you got that moment on video I actually thought, okay, Jonathan's probably been recording like three-fourths of this game, so good, you know, that's really good. But the fact that you just got it coincidentally is even crazier, so thank you to the basketball gods. (laughs) And, you know, you can see it on, like, yeah, as I'm recording, it's all normal up until that point, and then it's almost like I put a shake effect, but that's not a shake effect. It's just like a natural, (laughs) you, the reverberation of the crowd all getting up, shaking the phone. There's a crescendo, too, right? Like, right as he begins his spin move and then beats him off the dribble, you could just, like, feel everything building up, and then, like you said, it was just an explosion. Yeah, and and, I mean, you guys saw the bench going absolutely nuts and buck wild. Hell yeah. That was entire Staples Center. Also, because it was just... Everything, the emotions were so heightened because everywhere you looked, to your left, to your right, there was a Celtics fan planted in front of you. And so 
it was almost cathartic to release a yell like that because they were doing Hell it yeah. every time Kyrie Irving would make a ridiculous move and we you know we would just be shaking our heads at that moment and just to have I mean we were so undermanned didn't have Lonzo Ball our leader we I mean the, we were missing free throws left and right and to be honest with you the start of the game was so boring the start of the game was oh yeah the start so of the game scoring. was garbage. Was it twenty one fifteen? Yeah, we couldn't score Something like that, right? Yeah, the offense yeah, was hot garbage. The offense was bogged down, looked like a hot mess. Bogged down. <laughs> and you know, Andy, you know, we had our seats at the one hundred level, but Andy's parents actually they had a suite, and Andy was like, "Hey, do oh, you nice. do you guys want to go up and say hi to my parents because they have food?" And I was like. Yeah, let's go up there. And so literally for the first half, because it was so boring, we went up to the suite and um, their suite had all the food laid out. We had like chili dogs, chicken fingers, there was nachos, there was beer. So it was all decked out. And, you know, for the first, probably from midway through the first to midway through the second, I was just up there chatting it up with his mom, catching up with her, talking about life, you know, paying our respects to his family, but also like grubbing out, right? There you go. But I think that was also indicative of how the first half was going for the Lakers, right? It was like ho hum, like oh for sure, we're probably going to lose this game. We were we were down by what, like fourteen or fifteen at one point. Yeah, yeah. At that point, I thought the freaking game was slipping away, you know. And then obviously Kyle Kuzma happened. I I actually unfortunately because I was up at the suite, I wasn't able to see the first behind the back pass in person. And I was like, oh shoot, mm. that was ridiculous. And so by halftime, we made our way back down to our seats and. From there, all hell break loose, broke loose, <laughs> and it got super lit. <laughs> and um, you know, going back to that second Kyle Kuzma behind the back pass, for some, I mean, Kobe had this way of doing things as well when it came to his dunks. Where this is something you can't teach, right? You can't teach style, you can't teach flair, for sure. You can't teach swagger. And on that play, I, I, and I don't think yeah. Kyle Kuzma meant to do this, but he did this weird leg swing as he did the behind yeah. the back pass that made it look so much more dramatic dynamic had so much swagger to that behind the back pass than even the first one you know so it was like a picture perfect highlight moment for him and probably the best pass of the year so uh whoo yeah it, it is similar to like when kobe would drive to the basket and then in midair you know do his wraparound behind the back passes to Shaq. Mm-hmm. you know like that was like a staple and uh when Co- when Kuzma did that yesterday, I I totally had flashbacks. Yeah, and um, he has he has twinkle toes. Some sometimes that gets him into trouble. But as we've seen with plays like those, I mean, he just looks it looks like poetry in motion, really. And um, he ain't playing like a damn rookie, that's for sure. Can you imagine, dude? Like like next year for sure. Like after the summer, how much he's going to improve his game, of course, but even thinking like three and four years down the line when he's coming to the end of his rookie deal, like how good is this guy going to be? I mean, sky's the limit if he continues to shore up his defense and continues to show that vision and playmaking ability. And the thing with Kuzma is he's so decisive and he makes really quick decisions. And, um, that really catches defenses off guard. I mean, you you even see it from how quick his spin moves are. It's insane. Um, I mean, sometimes that gets him into trouble because he gets out of his own feet. He gets out of his own shoes and travels and whatnot. But we've seen it more often than not. 
that quick decision making is, is also something you can't teach. You know, otherwise Julius Randle right. would have been doing that his entire career, but he hasn't. And and Kyle Kuzma, you've seen it. He doesn't really need to dribble the ball to make these quick decisions, quick whip passes. He had another underrated pass that wasn't a uh, behind-the-back spin move, but it was to Nance as well, where he drove it into the lane. <laughs> That's like his signature move. He just does that like seven times a game. <laughs> he's, just, he's just passing behind his back to everybody, even when he doesn't need to. Right, but the other pass he did was just a whip pass through two defenders as he drove it into the lane, and Larry Nance was the beneficiary of that as well, so... Yeah, I mean, just seeing the playmaking was incredible. He had 17 points in the fourth, 28 points overall, 5 for 7 from 3, 10 for 16 from the field, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, no turnovers, all in just 26 minutes. So Kyle Kuzma, MVP of the game. Man. All right. It's lit. I mean, (laughs) shoot, it's it's lit. Um, Dude, that uh, Rising Stars game is going to be sick, too. It is. Congrats to Lonzo Ball. You got Zoe, Ball. you got Kuz, you got B.I. Yeah. No, it, it's definitely going to be lit. We need to go. We need to move forward and talk about Jordan Clarkson, who has been... He's been the guy that we thought we were getting when he broke out his rookie season, and we were like, I think this guy is going to be a future Laker. He's going to be with us for a long time. Obviously, there's extenuating circumstances that dampen the mood with regards to Jordan Clarkson, but we're going to throw that out the window for this episode in respects to Jordan Clarkson because the dude's been flat out balling out. And as Alan says, Mahakita Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> Mabuhai Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> Mahakita, my brother. <laughs> he balled out again. He only, he didn't hit a three, but it didn't matter because he was dribble driving, scooping stuff up with his left hand. He, was, had, he had put back shots. Uh, he kept the defense honest with regards to the Boston Celtics, had them on skates at times. 22 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. When the Lakers' offense was bogged down... Jo- 6 for 7 from the line. There you go, 6 <laughs> for 7, exactly. When the Lakers' offense was bogged down, you knew you could give it to Jordan Clarkson and he would find a way to either pull up for a mid-range jump shot or take it all the way to the basket. And um, he's been so impressive these last... Pretty much since the new year. So we got to give our props to Jordan Clarkson, regardless of whether or not he's locked out of his Instagram account. Maybe that needs to happen more because it's working. Alan, (laughs) what did you think of Jordan Clarkson? Dude, he's gotten so much better at knowing what to do. You know what I mean? Like you said, either he's going to pull up from the outside or he'll step in a couple feet inside the three-point line. Um, but he doesn't get into trouble anymore, you know, like he's been prone to in the past where he dribbles too much into the teeth of the defense and then uh, the defense collapses on him and because of his size, he isn't really able to pass out of those situations or whatever. That's happening less and less and at the beginning of the season, we were all saying one of the keys for him is to obviously be consistent because he was playing so well. Let's hope he doesn't hit a slump where he's just not playing well and you know it did kind of happen unfortunately but right now he's definitely on a hot streak um I don't know exactly how many points per game he's averaging over the last three but we know going into last night's game he had like 60 something points in two games so now obviously he's like 80 something over three games which is freaking crazy um yeah man I just feel very comfortable watching him uh during this stretch that like you said he's gonna get it done um and it's going to be under control. So, again, let's just hope he can continue playing like this. We've got a big uh, East Coast road trip coming up. So, um, 
stay off that Instagram, stay off the Snapchat, <laughs> JC. And, uh, you know, maybe that's the key where your, your ZO2 slides, get that swag going on. And, um, yeah, man, I'll just try not to think about what the future is for him because yeah, <laughs> let's just live in the moment here. It's like, it, it creeps into your head no matter what though, you know, like we're getting all hyped up and we're super excited. And then there comes that kind of like dose of reality, like, ah, shoot, like, I don't know what's gonna be what's gonna look like in a month from now, but um, let's just enjoy him while he's here right now and got no control over anything else. This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. Yeah, and to be honest with you, last night as as I was driving home, this is the first time this thought has actually crept into my mind because ever since ever since this last summer, I knew about what our plan was coming into this year. It was all about once we traded D'Angelo Russell, the plan was clear, and it's never deviated from my mind who needs to go, what needs to happen in order to follow through with that plan of the two max stars or even one max star, right? But last night was the first time. Where in my head as I was driving home, I was like, as I was playing dashboard confessionals or whatever, there you go. <laughs> I was like, do, do we really need to trade any of these guys? Can we just keep going with the young dudes and just add somebody? Do we really need to do that? Like that, that's literally the first time I've thought that, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not unreasonable at all. It's influenced a little by emotion for sure. But I mean, yeah, definitely. There's, there's a lot of potential on the team. How many times has Kobe, you know, said, like, don't blow it up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, like, for the sake of doing it or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's, like, an irrational thought whatsoever. Right. I mean, does that mean my my entire mindset has changed in terms of now I'm very opposed or adamant over getting rid of Jordan Clarkson's contract and maybe getting a, a draft pick in return? Not not necessarily, but I, I just think once when you have such a momentous, epic win like that, especially against your bitterest rivals, and you've seen Jordan Clarkson kind of round back into form of, you know, the dude we thought he was going to be, and him really excelling in a role that you want him to excel at, and that we weren't sure at the start whether he would embrace, and that's a bench player, you know? But he's shown he's perfectly fine embracing that role, and if his head is in the game and he's not doing too much, I mean, this is the type of player you could get night in, night out. And it's like a Lou Will type bench microwave um, with potential still. So yeah, that definitely crept into my mind last night. But living in the moment, Jordan Clarkson, props to you, my friend. Props to you, my Pinoy brother, my Kababayan, (laughs) Mabuhai. Thanks, man. The only one I understood is my hockey top before. All the other stuff, you know, my grandma got to teach me some of that. Uh, but yeah, man, much love. Cool. Kaba Bayan, Kaba Modern, you know, the dance crew. That That's where it comes oh, from. Oh, yeah, it's man. I like to get down. I like to dance, you know. All right, here's, here's a little Filipino Tagalog lessons for everybody out there. Kaba Bayan means like fellow countrymen. So there you go. Oh. My brother. Yeah, Kaba Bayan's like my brother. Um, anyways. Oh, yeah. Ah, my brother. Kaba Bayan. Yeah. There that's you good. go. I like that. 
I'm a, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a tattoo with that on my chest. <laughs> Only on the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Tagalog lessons and sometimes some Japanese lessons as well. Boom 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 boom. Oh ishi. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. So after tonight's game, the Lakers are. So I mean, this is surprising. Not not that surprising. Did you know the Lakers are 29th in offensive efficiency? Like we're garbage. That's not very good. <laughs> yeah, we're not very. That's good. some hat garbage. Yep, we are number one in pace though, so at least we're enacting some sort yeah, of plan. That, that we all knew. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we sure. are just not. What's it called? We're just not applying it properly yet to its fullest extent. Now, defensively. You know, obviously, at the beginning of the season, we were top five, top six. We've regressed to the mean a little, but hey, we are number 11 right now for defensive efficiency. Oh, dude, I will freaking take that. Absolutely, and you saw it last night, man. When the Lakers are at their best, they're scrambling all over the place. There's so much activity. Everybody's hustling for the loose ball. They're causing havoc out there. Um, Yeah, they're insane, and so... This is a good segue, I guess. I have to give some props to KCP and Luke inserting KCP because he missed those two free throws, right? But who's the guy that guarded Marcus Smart on that last shot? Given it was Marcus Smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He cut off the drive, though. He dropped down, you know. That way it kind of forced him to shoot that three. And it was a decent contest. Thank God he didn't freaking foul him because it looked like he was almost going to undercut him. I I was kind of scared. Totally. So, I mean, props to KCP for his defense, but overall, props to the Lakers this year for just buying in to defense. Do I think the Lakers switch too much? Yes, sometimes I do. <laughs> but at the end of the day, dude, if you're going to be that active, then I can't fault you too much. You know what I mean? Um, if you're yeah. contesting every shot and you're trying to cut off drives as much as possible, I mean, if all you really need to solve is, hey, we need to switch a little less, then that's a good problem to have as opposed to, dude, you guys have no idea where you're supposed to be on the court, you know, or you're not trying yeah. enough. So um, props to the Lakers for that. Now, uh, I think the offensive issues will be fixed. Well, first, once we can start hitting free throws and taking advantage of our opportunities at the line. And currently, we are also last, still last in the league at three-point percentage. So once we continue to start hitting the three-point shot a little more consistently and stop relying on Kyle Kuzma hot streaks to you know, keep us afloat. Um, and obviously, Lonzo Ball coming back will help, help us out a lot. I think he's currently, they said he was out indefinitely, right? But given that he's going to be in the Rising Stars Challenge, I'm hoping that just means... I don't know, for the next week or so, we're not gonna, we're not sure whether he's going to play necessarily, right? So um, hopefully everything's okay on that end. Um, I know his knee is a little weak and banged up right now, but but I guess this is, a good, this is a good time for the Lakers to, you know, see who they are without Lonzo Ball and the fact that they've been able to win because they were, they were atrocious, you know, um, last yeah, year it without was, him. It was freaking unwatchable when they went on that stretch of, Oh and seven without Lonzo or whatever. It was like a completely different freaking team. Yeah, and so to for them to establish an identity without Lonzo is is very good. Um, I do think we still have problems, obviously. And that identity is Tyler Ennis. Oh my gosh! I, look, Just he only kidding. played. Thir- Just kidding. Sorry, he, that's so negative. <laughs> he only played thirteen minutes, but I felt like double. God, that it time. felt like. 25 (laughs) and i think a lot of that is due to the fact that he played like the first eight minutes of the third quarter and i was like what are we doing why is this happening the one thing to that he does decently just to be fair when he's aggressive and he drives into the paint 
he does have a way of like slithering through the defense and controlling his body and he he finishes like okay you know the problem is when he freaking pounds the ball 30 feet away from the basket and all the action kind of takes place and he he just doesn't pass at all until there's like 10 seconds left on the shot clock obviously that's a problem but the bigger problem is he does that like 75% of the time yeah and he's this garbage um <laughs> this hot garbage Tyler Ennis Tyler Tyler the Lakers need to find a solution there while Lonzo balls out. The Jordan Clarkson, Josh Hart thing is going to work for now. But if at the trade deadline, look, if they have to trade Jordan Clarkson, they better be getting some sort of point guard help back, you know, because we'd be so lost without Jordan Clarkson as well. We need more Lonzo ball insurance here than just Caruso and Josh Hart. And, you know, Josh Hart, as solid as he is, he's also, I mean, he's not a point guard, right? He's solid, but he's right. also not a point guard. Um, so the Lakers are going to have to figure out what to do there. Um, but with that said, um, there's another guy I wanted to talk about and his name is Julius Randle. Um, 14 points, 14 rebounds, one steal, six for 12, only 26 minutes, but he came up big in the fourth quarter when Luke reinserted him back into the lineup. Uh, he sacrificed his body out there. He got a non-call where his, you know, his back or the back of his spine hit the floor really hard. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All of Staples was like, dude, he got whacked. How do you think he fell so hard? I forgot. Who who kind of undercut him? Was it Horford or was it Morris? Yeah, I think it was one of those two guys. But uh, that whoever kind of knocked him down, he even looked down at Julius. It was like, oh, crap. Like, yeah. are you okay, dude? Like, he like wanted to help him up almost. Exactly. And, you know, but props to Julius for getting right back up there. And he took it to Al Horford in the fourth quarter, man. There was that post move he did where he just kept backing is, Al Horford down. The thing weird about Julius is he loves that crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, he totally. likes getting hit, you know? Well, the thing is, I mean, so against, like, teams' B units and smaller guys, he's easily able to pound the rock, right, and, like, post them up. But Al Horford's, like, an actual legit power forward, legit center. So the fact that he was yeah, able to all-star. do that. He's an all-star. The fact that he was able to do that against Al Horford and actually push him beneath the basket – and usually, you know, we're worried when Julius Randle posts up at all because we're like, okay, how's the finishing shot going to look? But Julius Wild. had such, yeah, <laughs> Julius had such control over that post up that it was a normal layup for him by the, by the point that he had Horford underneath the basket. And then on top of that, he had Horford on a couple of dribble drives as well. He had that late shot to put us up by four with a minute left that was huge. Um so, I mean, Julius Randle was aggressive. He was pulling down all the rebounds. Um, he didn't that do too much. That offensive board and then that two-hand yes. dunk. Yes. That was a freaking turning point for sure. That was the thunderous, like, he put it up by t- up to four points. I think that was the play I was talking about as well. That was huge where Jordan Clarkson missed the shot. I- either Ingram or jo- – yep. I think it was Ingram, actually. And, uh, you know, Julius Randle got the rebound, and he did the thunderous shack sort of, you know, let me swing my legs a little bit and hang on the rim. and uh, Barbecue chicken alert. Yep. You could feel Staples Center – energy at that point and then it kind of got anticlimactic as we missed free throws after that but you know what doesn't matter Julius Randle was a huge part of that Celtics win so yeah what did you think of Randle's game it was really good I mean he was just bully balling you know all night and uh, like you said it was pretty in control the whole time um there's that one, I don't remember who tweeted it but Tommy sent it to all of us um it was a picture <laughs> of Julius laying on his back pregame with uh, his infant son in his arms, and someone captioned it like, Julius talking to Al Horford before the game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Julius was, he was sunning him all yeah. night. Oh, you for know? Sure. He was just taking it to him, which was 
really great to see. Um, like we said, you know, Al Horford just made the All Star team, so it, it's legit. You know, he's 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 one of the best uh, bigs in the game, and Julius really took it to him. So, and just to top everything off, like the fact that all this happened on national TV, you know, a TNT game. It was the first like players only edition game of the season, and all that stuff. I'm just so glad that everybody like showed out in that game because I feel like we typically choke and just play like garbage when we're on national TV and when it's on TNT and guys are like really real with their analysis, we just get slammed. So, um, yeah, it it was really great to see everybody show up, but back to Julius. Um, I mean, he's another guy similar to JC where it's like, all right, (laughs) like I love what I'm seeing right now and I just hope it continues and, Everything else is just going to take care of itself. Uh, I mean, we talked about in the last episode the likelihood of everything that's going to go on with him contract-wise. But, um, yeah, hopefully he keeps us up on the big road trip as well and uh, just plays with that energy, you know, because for him it's a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. There were a couple moments yesterday literally on the same possession where he was not boxing out on the defensive rebounds whatsoever, and Boston got two offensive boards as yeah. a result of it. We ended up getting the ball back. Boston turned it over, but it was freaking infuriating to watch Julius stand straight up, knees not even bent, arms not out, just praying and hoping and assuming that the ball is going to land in his hands. And then we give up two freaking offensive boards. And it's times like that that are so frustrating. You know, it's like, sure. do you not value possession of the ball in the first quarter? Like, what is your deal, dude? I'm surprised he didn't get benched at that moment. Um, so it's times like that, you know, you got to sustain or like start with the right amount of energy. Cause then in the fourth quarter, you're playing out of your freaking mind. It's like, okay, well, where was that early on? Um, so yeah, not, not to like get all negative or whatever, but that just popped in my mind right now. And I'm, I'm getting kind of (laughs) pissed. No, but Julius Randall's intensity this year, the fact that he can go toe to toe head to head against the likes of Al Horford. I mean, you just see his versatility on display and what a force he can be when his head is in the game. And, I mean, along with the, you just mentioned his defensive lapses at times, but offensively, he'll still have these few moments every game where he'll he'll decide to dribble it into traffic for whatever reason. And if he can just cut those out, and at this point, it doesn't even matter because he only does it once or twice a game and everything positive he does um, kind of overshadows that at this point, which is great, but... I mean, if he can just cut that out, <laughs> he'd be, you know, almost infallible at a certain point, you know? Yeah, right. Um, and then also just like he knows at this – look, is it fair – I sometimes I don't think the calls he gets are fair in terms of the calls that go against him when he gets those offensive fouls. But at this point, you need to know who you are and what the refs are going to call based off of your reputation. And you just can't do that sometimes, you know? The fact that he still gets at least one offensive foul a game based off of him just ramming through somebody. And the defenders know this guy's going to ram into me and it's going to be an offensive foul. Um, I just hope that he continues to, like, you know, kind of exorcise that out of his game until he gains kind of the cachet and respect from the refs where they're like, okay, you know, I see what's going on here. But... Right now, that's always going to be an offensive foul. And for some reason, especially because he's gotten so much stronger, <laughs> like it's going to be even yeah, more emphasized, right. you know. Um, but all that to say, props to Julius Randle, dynamic player, so much intensity, aggressive. What a freaking beast. Um, huge to the Lakers win last night as the closing center on the court. 
Um, want to give a shout out to Larry Nance as well. 11 points, nine rebounds, two assists, one steal. Um, solid as ever. He almost got a dunk that was going to f- bring the house down as well. Oh you know my what I'm gosh. talking about. <laughs> yeah, dude. Ooh. I jumped out of my chair. Yeah, he left it a little bit short. He got fouled, obviously. But man, if he had hit that, because that was in the fourth quarter too. Oh man, that would <laughs> that would have been so sick, man. That would have been so sick. Um, he has some of the best missed dunks, I swear. <laughs> he does. And he has some of the best made dunks, too. So, Oh, for sure. <laughs> so are we – did he get an invite to the dunk contest? I know Aaron Gordon, Victor I'm Oladipo. very was... unclear as Me to what's too. going on with that. Like, Shams tweeted that thing, and then everyone was like, hashtag fake news, and nothing's official yet, and all that crap. It's like, oh, okay. But, yeah, I – I heard the report. It was Dennis Smith Jr., Larry, uh, Aaron Gordon, and then Oladipo, right? Yeah, that's what I heard. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm I'm looking Hopefully. forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, they bring some players out there for him to dunk on, so it's more impressive. Yeah, dude. That'd be awesome. But yeah, props to Larry Nance as well. I mean, overall, what an amazing night. I can't believe I was actually there and so close to the action. Um, it was a tale of two halves for me. The the Kyle Kuzma explosion, that's, that's something that I haven't seen since Kobe. And I can legitimately objectively say oh, that sure. you know i mean we may have seen a little bit of that from d'angelo russell but i was never at a d'angelo russell game where he hit eight threes mm, or whatever okay. you know but kyle kuzma yeah he was, i was he... at the ice in my veins game i was very oh lucky. you were okay 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 yeah hell yeah against brooklyn too bad we don't have both but you know whatever you can't beggars can't be too yeah, whatever. <laughs> who yeah, <that's> cool. <laughs> um, but yeah um what an amazing game stop talking about d'angelo you assholes <laughs> All of the implications <laughs> with regards to the Boston Celtics being the number one defensive team coming into that night, us not having Lonzo Ball, us spring Tyler Ennis, us missing free throws left and right, to Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown versus uh, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, the narratives, the storylines were all there, and we won. It doesn't matter how ugly that ending was. We won. We won. We won. It's lit. It's lit. It's Boston sucks. Boston lit. sucks. I hate the Celtics. Get that Celtic ass. So the best part was, again, after the, the purple and gold streamers were, were coming down from the rafters, is I'd look to my left and my right, and everywhere I looked, there was a sad Boston Celtics fan from like the, the super old dudes who were like, man, I, I, I told you you shouldn't have worn those sneakers, Bobby. You shouldn't have worn those sneakers. I'm serious. <laughs> like, but you wore those sneakers, and that's what we get, Bobby. <laughs> Oh, that's the line of the night. (laughs) You shouldn't have won those sneakers, Bobby. And so I had that from like the old contingent of Celtics fans to the young goober looking Celtics fans who are just like with their little hipster haircuts, kind of like Aaron Baines and his artisanal coffee. Go home with that that man, man bun, dude. All of them being so sad. And I, man. If I had more time and we weren't trying to get out to the exits and beat the traffic and everything, I wanted to to Instagram every one of their faces and use that Instagram Heck filter. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to play, play you the exact Instagram filter I'm talking about. Hold on. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, Bobby. Suck it with your stupid shoes and your stupid sneakers. There it is. Yes. Every face, every sad Boston Celtics <laughs> face. <laughs> I feel like just doing that the entire night, man. I think that actually would have gotten us so many hits on Twitter if I had just done a compilation of 
You should have won. You shouldn't have won your sneakers, Bobby. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh man what a great night trashing these Celtics fans, oh that's man. freaking great dude oh, bragging rights for one go night. back to your awesome. Dunkin Donuts go back to Beantown okay so I want to make a disclaimer and say that I actually really like Boston as a city it is I beautiful. freaking love Boston too dude I went to Boston for the first time like three or four years ago and I really really loved it and um, the bo- the Bostonians are actually some of the nicest people that, I- that I've ever oh, come yeah, across oh yeah dude they're great <laughs> I was wearing a freaking Laker hat when I was over there, and like people were giving me crap, but it was like very friendly, you know, yeah, very yeah. tasteful. I was in this one bagel shop using the restroom, and some of the employees at the place started banging on the door when I was in there taking a leak, and they're like, Laker suck, Laker <laughs> suck. And then I came out of the bathroom, the entire freaking bagel place was chanting, Laker suck. And uh, I don't know. It was that was like super fun. It was a great moment because we were just all laughing about it. And then they gave me my uh, my smoked salmon, delicious bagel <laughs> sandwich, and all was well. No, yeah, I mean that that's awesome. And I think that's something that I have to give up to them, and you know, give them some dap and respect for that because you know Boston sports is everything. That's that's it's all they have. Yeah, Amazing. great sports town, great college town, great community. And you know, with the Lakers, I mean, you get that from us, the diehards who randomly have a podcast, but. For the most part, because you live in L.A., you just have a large contingent, too, who couldn't care less. You know, there's a little more For sure. fakeness and basicness about their fanhood. And um, that's why it was so lit last night, because the Celtics fans, they didn't care. They weren't too cool for this. They weren't too cool to be emotionally distressed. And I mean, when I say emotionally distressed, some of these older folks, man, I mean, they take it seriously, like their like their grandmother's lives, you know, depended on it. And it, it's it's almost endearing, you know, like it's almost oh, like they definitely. don't have a life outside of this, and it like affects their entire demeanor. So for me, I got caught up I in love that how too. This is everything for you. That's so cute. You have nothing else besides this. Aw. <laughs> and then I see Kyle Kuzma hit a three, and I'm like, this is everything for me too. Suck it, Bobby. <laughs> Suck it in your damn sneakers. Just kidding. You wore them, and that's helping us win, baby. All right. I don't even know. I won these sneakers when Larry Bird beat the Lakers in the 80s. Oh, what a great rivalry. It's it's fun to be a part of this uh, historic um, Celtics-Lakers rivalry for sure. And, uh, yeah, what what a fun night. Um, hope the Lakers continue to take that momentum, ride it out, you know, put the trade deadline stuff to the back burner, uh, clear out that white noise. Um, and yeah, let's continue to live in the moment and be happy that they've been able to assemble some sort of identity apart from Lonzo Ball so that when he comes in, we can just tran- like transition smoothly into being a 500-level team. And, you know, the last we've won seven out of the last nine. We're seven and yeah. seven since Julius Randle started. Six in, the row, six in a row at home. Yeah. I mean, the, the only real thing that really derailed us was that nine game losing streak in December when yeah. we we got hit with a rash of injuries. We were playing a, a bunch of tougher opponents. Um, if we just erased that and if we could have even won like three or four games, who knows? Maybe we're talking still. We were in it for a few of those. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who knows? We could have been talking about right now playoff contention, but if we continue to play really well and beat the teams we're supposed to beat, beat some surprise teams we aren't supposed we aren't supposed to be like the Boston Celtics who knows maybe we will be fighting for it in the last month or two so that would be amazing and um so I think we're what like six and a half out of the eight spot right now yeah yeah so that's a lot it's a lot 
But like you said, if we had a few more wins during that nine game, I mean, could have been like five or four and a half, which is still quite a bit, but not embarrassing whatsoever. Yeah, and I think the most important thing is, regardless of playoff contention or not, let's continue to make that pick that may go to Boston or Philly you know, as low as possible. Yes. If it's in the 10, 11, 12 range, I, I don't care anymore, you know? So, oh, for sure. Yeah. Right now we're at the ninth spot and we're Charlotte is right ahead of us with 19 wins. So very easy to be within that range of, yeah, we lost our pick, but it's, it's not going to hurt us as much as seeing the Celtics get the number four pick, you know? So, Dude, and how good is it to be just happy that we're winning? Oh, it's amazing. It's you great. know what I mean? Like, we're talking about the standings the way people should be talking about standings, not inverted. Yep. Like, oh, like, just now when you said, like, Charlotte's ahead of us, for a half a second I was like, ahead of us as in better than us or ahead of us as, oh, wait, just kidding. I don't have to look at this like I freaking care about draft positioning and, and crap like that. Exactly. So it is so nice to just purely enjoy a win and not be like, ah, damn it, we won, you know. <laughs> yeah what what is it what a bizarro land that was um but yeah um i think that'll do it for us tonight i uh, hope that was lit enough for you i don't know if any of that was coherent whatsoever especially since half the time we were talking in a boston <laughs> accent busting some chops of some boston fans and all that nobody's stuff. gonna bust your chops <laughs> <laughs> oh man good good times lit times and uh hope those feelings carry through to january to february um, and it's going to be a fun All-Star weekend. We'll see what happens. We're going to be back, you know, the next couple of weeks to cover all that trade deadline speculation, all those rumors, all the cap stuff. But for tonight, we thought, you know what? Let's just talk about basketball once again. Let's talk about the game. Let's just uh, spew random ass crap from our mouth that may or may not make any sense. Mm, but Yummy. <laughs> mm, yum. <laughs> but it's coming from the heart folks it's coming from the heart we're excited hope all of you guys are excited and again follow us on twitter at lakers legacy pod you'll be able to see all of my in-person live videos uh and all that including the kyle kuzma behind the back you know um and also i, I also did that tv show on kyle kuzma as he was at the free throw <laughs> line so definitely check all that out and also please rate interview us on itunes um the more you rate interview us alan what do they get that's how many more times Kyle Kuzma is going to make those sick-ass uh, behind-the-back passes to Larry Nance for dunks. Yes, please. We want more no-look behind-the-back passes from Kyle Kuzma. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. And again, um, if you haven't checked out our last episode, which we did an hour with all three of us again, um, talking about trade deadline speculation, what we think is going on in the front office's minds leading up to the trade deadline, um, I threw out some potential trade um, possibilities for Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle. And then we also talked about weighing the risks of keeping Julius Randle through the deadline. So check that episode out. Check the episode prior to that out because it was our first trade deadline preview slash primer with Bleacher Report's Eric Pincus. And then you can check this episode out at any time because it's not contingent on any timeline whatsoever. But we also interviewed... Junius Smith, formerly of the Kinston Free Press, and talked about his coverage of Brandon Ingram as he was making the rise or climbing the ranks in Kinston, North Carolina as a high schooler. So, man, our episodes this new year, Alan, have been pretty lit. So I think 
all of our listeners. If, 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 you're, if you're new to the Lakers Legacy podcast, please check that out. I'd hate for this to be your first impression of what, what the Lakers Legacy is. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these idiots? They sound like a bunch of dudes in their mom's basements. I can do this stuff. I should start a podcast. <laughs> well, you should. You should. You should do it if you I'd want say, to. Yeah, go ahead. Why not? It's fine. All right. With that said, we'll catch you guys later. Follow your heart. <laughs> Follow your heart indeed. All right, Alan. I'll catch you later. All right, dude. Peace. Buck Faustin. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.